My name is Yuri Lowenthal. My name is Travis Sintel. And I'm Erica Ishii. I wasn't supposed to say that, was That's, I? You know what? You blew it, but we're going to keep it. <laughs> All right. And you are awaited. Oh, this is good. This is already a high-energy podcast, and I'm into it. Right. We're off to a good start. We're we, ramping up. We, we need, I, I need the energy now. I need, I need you guys to, I need to be buoyed. Uh, that's why we have the guest. I need to be buoyed by the energy. Let me say this Eric to you. Yeah. Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, what is it? You are awaited. What is it? A po- it's a podcast that we do about Mad Max Fury Road, uh-huh. where we watch four minutes at a time of Mad Max hey. Fury Road, and we talk about it uh, with each other uh, and other people until the whole world is filled with delicious goodness and, and pleasure and joy at the uh, complexity, emotion, and sheer badassery of Mad Max Fury Road. Seriously, is that what we've been doing this whole time? Yeah, that's our intro we give every time, word for word. word. It's a really long intro to <laughs> oh, the podcast. Wow. I've memorized it. Right. Uh, I'm really killing it. You know, it's, it's a podcast, and so you could actually be reading it from a script, and nobody would know. Will you will you difference. testify for the audience that I'm not reading off of the script? He is not reading off of the script. That jumbled a smartphone. <laughs> yeah. Could you testify to the fact that I couldn't even remember his name a minute ago? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is also correct. <laughs> that jumbled stream of words that came out of my mouth, not written down, believe it or not. Wow. You know, strange, <laughs> just, strangely just, enough, just rift. Uh, uh, and in an increasing uh, attempt to uh, make this podcast go as long as we can, even though we do it four minutes at a time, uh, we have another guest on our show today. Um, the I know best the, guest. The, the best guest. <gasps> um, er, Eric and I first met doing another sort of uh, uh, cult movie podcast. What? Called mm-hmm. What? Movie Cult. Mm-hmm. Most of those films were terrible. How'd you come up with that yeah. podcast name? I know. Okay. Right? Sorry. It wasn't us. It wasn't us. It was our friend Decker. So, Decker, if you're listening, I'm sorry that you were just insulted. I wasn't trying to insult. I was honestly <laughs> asking. It seemed like no, a. No, because if you look at it, I mean, A, it's, it's the best logo of any uh, podcast I know. Oh, very and, slick. And it was okay. a great, and it had, it, there was, it was a video, po- like, they, we, he showed clips of the movie while we were talking about oh, that's that cool. stuff. So, yeah, it was, it, it, was, it, was, it was impressive. It was very MST3K. Uh-huh. Only uh-huh. Like it was little clips, so it was very. So, we didn't even have to watch the yeah, movie. Very, very gotcha. Yeah, very, very better. And you guys yeah. met there. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. the first. Yeah, that was the first yeah. time we met. And then, um, but then, uh, but now we know each other. Or, well, we we see each other a lot because of Geek and Sundry. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, one especially memorable moment was at the Geek and Sundry Comic Con party, where we sprayed our faces with the chrome you were part of it. spray Beautiful. and so. screamed "Witness me!" Beautiful. on the yeah. dance floor. Oh, that that's right. how I knew we had to have her on the show. Yeah. Was there were there were two people besides me who had the guts to do it. Um, and she was one of them. Yes, I actually, I have my own, and but I've been banned from doing it on the Geek and Sundry stream. Because you've done it so much. Because, yeah, and people were worried that I was causing brain damage. That's so good. You, know, you really suffer for your art, and it's one of the things I love about you. You're bona fides are oh, strong. I mean, listen, you're in with me. <laughs> that story enough is enough. Right. That that gets you uh, all the way. We, have, we, we haven't even done that on the show yet. Now, I know it's an audio podcast, so we could I could just go, Witness me! <laughs> You guys, he you just know, did it. Totally did. It's not in my mouth. It tastes like cake uh, icing yeah. sugar. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, silver cake yeah, icing. It, it probably causes like cancer. It smells like cake icing sugar. It tastes like poison. It tastes like, like poison. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Tastes like delicious, tastes like delicious poison. poison. <laughs> um, it's good that you're on this, uh, this, this episode because I feel like um, we wanted a counterpoint to a previous episode. And Yuri said that there's some things that you want to talk about, specifically the world of feminism and uh, Mad Max. We're intrigued by this idea, and we've we've brought people on to talk about the counterpoint to that. Um, obviously, as two uh, straight 
white males. We feel not <laughs> equipped to talk about that, uh, and with, we like with to, any degree of you know. We just talk about we, yeah. We're 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 aware that our voices don't matter as much in that particular conversation sometimes about certain and, issues. Yeah, and I would like to say so, this is this is not we're, we we're not doing this because we didn't appreciate bringing on a guest who didn't like the film and felt that. Uh, um, it was a great episode, actually. Yeah, it was, it's it was really very good. important yeah. to provide counterpoints when you, especially when you make a podcast all about how much you love something. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. want to change it up a little bit and hear opposing exactly. viewpoints. But Kelsey, I still love you, and this is, you know, this is not at all to uh, to come down on on the stuff that you had to say, which was very interesting and terrifying to me. It was, <laughs> it was terrifying to be trapped in a room with somebody who did not like the movie because I've I've I physically distanced myself. <laughs> we locked from the door. Like that. I should tell you, we locked the door. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, even your body language in that episode was really funny because right now you're open, your your shoulders are facing everybody, and with Kelsey, he was like this on the couch, his legs were crossed away from her. He's like, uh huh. Well, like, okay, I, like, I mean, like, like a puppy, like a, like a puppy who had been. Yeah. At one point, here he goes, he's up as little space exactly. as possible. At one point, he said something like. I, I mean, part of me wants to disagree with everything you're saying right now, um, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, here well, we go. That's very generous of you. No, it was actually right. a really good episode. I thought I thought yeah. we picked the right person to come on and give a well, really eloquent, sounds... intelligent um, counterpoint to it. Yes, it sounds like she actually she she had uh, points to specific data to back up her no viewpoint doubt. No instead doubt. of just saying yeah. I hated it. And, yeah. Right, and and you know, a good movie will strike people completely different ways. You know, I'd I'd much rather have her on the film and have somebody on the film who was like, yeah, it was okay. Right. Because I hate those people. Right. Yeah, the Screw them, those yeah. indecisives, the Meaning neutrals right. of the right. world. Just exactly. Uh, well, let's launch into that thing then. Uh, well, yeah. so I, I... Well, first start talking about it. one of the things we, we do sometimes with guests is, um, is talk about the experience of like when you first saw the movie, what that was like. Because I, it is such, it is so burned into my memory right now as to, as to how glorious a day that was. <sighs> Um, but, but, but talk about your first experience, because everybody, you know, some people saw it, you know, in 3D the first time, some people saw it in a small theater, some people saw it in a big theater, some people saw it for the first time on DVD, so... Oh, wow. Right? So, for me, I grew up watching the Mad Max films. I still haven't seen Beyond Thunderdome. You're doing good. Good job. Uh, but doing, I was told not you're to. You're doing right. the Lord's work. Right. Yeah. Uh, but Three films in one. The first two, <laughs> I, I'm such a huge fan of. And, you know, I, I always liked the post-apocalyptic aesthetic and, and mm -hmm. you know, made a costume for myself. Um, and I, I wore part of it to the opening night. Good job. Um, in, I went and saw it in 2D with a bunch of friends. And I remember, I, you know, I was very excited by the, the trailers were very well cut. Mm -hmm. um, yep. The music was, was very well chosen. Everything, everything about the marketing was, I, I think... Too subtle, almost, but but very mm -hmm. well done. And so I was I was extremely hyped for the movie. I there were many points in the film where I started crying because, I mean, you know, back to the point about feminism. The the Mad Max series is very much about machismo, mm -hmm. uh, and and in this. It was so subversive in its messages of feminism, as well as, of course, being such a quality film. Mm -hmm. um, there were moments that took my breath away, just story-wise, uh, watching watching the 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 how beautiful the movie was, uh, and and again, like seeing seeing a female biker gang was just really struck me to the core. Uh, and I'm and, tearing up a little bit talking about it right now. And that's the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is... <laughs> Catch us next week. <laughs>
it's, no. yeah, striking. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. One of the things that, that came up uh, when on, on the other uh, show uh, was, do you think that George Miller uh, went into this with that agenda, or did he just want to be sensitive? In telling whatever story he was going to do, did he all of a sudden, you know, say, I, I, I want to be sensitive to some of these things, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and then call in maybe even outside... Uh, I just uh, want to answer that question because yeah. one of the things that we sort of closed on in that episode, which hasn't aired yet, so you haven't heard it, but, mm -hmm. but um, is uh, intent mattered a lot in that conversation. If he set out to make a feminism film, then you can judge it on the merits of whether or not it's a feminist film. If he set out to make an action film that happens to have elements of feminism to it, you can't really judge him on the same criteria you would use to judge him on a previous criteria. That's hard mm. because a, a lot of intent and actual... Uh, what actually becomes the the product uh, sometimes are terribly at odds. Mm -hmm. um, there's also this notion that in order to make a good film, you have to eschew uh, particularly trying to push agendas. And I don't think that mm -hmm. that's the case at all. Um, you can definitely push agendas and still make good art. Right, as long as it doesn't subvert the story, yes, in my absolutely. opinion. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and for this, I felt that, that the intent was absolutely there. He had to have known what he was doing just because uh, just we our history of action films is very unkind to women and mm -hmm. minorities, and and in this case it was so blatantly there, but so inextricably woven into the, the fabric of the storytelling that, that Surely he must have intended for it to be right. like a, a, a femi to have feminist messages, and it's especially difficult because I'm sure that at some point along the road there were executives that told him, "We really shouldn't do that because it's not going to appeal to the male audiences, the 18 to 36 year old uh, demographic that we, for some reason, still believe is uh, the most um, the, the the most Spendiest. lucrative audience." Yeah, yeah. Right. which is it is not actually if if you look at the data. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure it came up somewhere along production, so he would have had to have known. Right. Okay. Yeah. And and I, yet I, I agree with you. Yeah, and yet he he held to to his guns. Mm -hmm. You know, he stuck mm -hmm. to his guns. Um, in, in this case, in particular. There's one question I wanted to talk about. Just I mean, a lot of things came up in that last one, and we can move on to our own topics uh, after yeah. this. But yeah. but I um, uh, you know, one of the rebuttals against the the feminism argument um, was that. Uh, Shelley Theron, in staging her rescue, um, picked certain people to rescue and other people not to rescue. She didn't help rescue the war boys, who obviously, which she can't do. She and the point that got me, I was like, oh, that's really interesting, is that she didn't rescue the the milk the milk women, the, mm -hmm. the women the who maids. are obviously slaves, yeah. right. probably victims of sex, uh, sex slavery in some to some capacity. Um, who mm -hmm. knows? Um, well, you have to keep them pregnant. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, lactating. So, yeah. you know, I, I I think that that was a point that was worth bringing up again. I thought it was pretty interesting. I I never considered it till she brought that up. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. I hadn't thought about that. She's like, yeah, she just rescues the the wives, the elevated pretty ones or whatever. And I was like, okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Would you have thoughts mm -hmm. on that? Uh, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. Uh, it's not uh, something that I had previously thought about. Same, yeah. Um Good job, Kelsey. Yeah, that was really <laughs> good. Uh, however, I'm in, in answer to that. I I feel like. In a way, those are the trappings of Hollywood. That's how I feel too. That, that feels like now we're in a little bit of movie territory, right? Because right. when you're casting people, you have to cast pretty people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, it, I mean, it's just that's the way the system works, right? Um, and 
Uh, Yuri and I get Botox before every episode of this podcast. Yeah. Just because we're very conscious of the aesthetic yeah. necessary to, to be right. a podcast. You, you want to be valued You want to go people. all the way. Thank you. Right. Yeah. That's right. We will suffer for our art. Uh, it, it's true. And it's an ugly, ugly aspect of this system. And, like, I'm not excusing it in any way, shape, or form. In fact, like, I've definitely been cast as, like, the ugly person, like, the ugly friend a lot, or, you know, got out for a casting call. I would just like to step in for a moment and say that is the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. You can't see her. So I, <laughs> I know you're going us, on, though. but trust us. Go, Just go online. Kate, Kate McHugh, <laughs> was saying on some podcast that she got cast, and her, and her title was less attractive friend or something. <sighs> right. And, and she's like, well, that's just the way it goes. It's just the yeah. way it goes. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and it's Who really an ugly truth of Hollywood. And so, yeah, I agree in that respect. I don't think that it was intentional in terms of the story like Right. Uh, Furiosa would have only rescued the pretty wise. I think it's just because they had the most screen time, they were required to be pretty for casting well, purposes. That, but I think it's a narrative purpose as well, too, the more I think about oh. it, because uh, you, the plot of the film is Morton Joe raises his army to go after them. Mm -hmm. He's not going to go after them for the milk. milk what, what should we call them? It's respectful. I don't know. They're Who? called the milkmaids. Milkmaids. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to raise his whole army to go after the milkmaids. You don't have a much worse story. He, you mm -hmm. have to steal the thing that matters most to him to get a story here. And she happens to steal the things that are worth m the most things in the world to him. Right. Are the, are the, his, those are his, like, his, heir wives. That's I guess, right. The, the, right. The his, wives of his. So uh, there is a structure. Right. His, his, breed, his, his prime okay. breed. What, what, uh, his thoroughbreds. Yes. Right, His thoroughbreds. Oh, that's a terrible And he mentions even saying that hurt. Yeah. My. Uh, well, he calls them all kind of things. Yeah. Property, my... Yeah, prime breeding stock or something. Yeah. Uh, okay, anyway. Okay, so I think that, that, I think that point stands. I mean, as a, as a feminism critique, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I buy I it. Think, I think that that stands as a solid point. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, a, a one moment that seems to stick out for a lot of people, especially when dealing with this, and we don't, we don't by any stretch of the means have to stay on feminism for this. We mm -hmm. can just talk about why you thought it was cool. Yeah. No, you're a woman. You uh, only talk about I, feminism. I, I, yeah, so you guys invited <laughs> yeah. me here for a reason, did you? It's so no, funny I'm, that I'm we would... I'm so happy to talk about it. It's so funny reason. that we would have this, like, uh, att att attempt to be uh, progressive and anti-feminist, <laughs> and, and we have women all like, so if, uh, males can talk about anything. Women just talk about the feminist issues. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> right. Like, oh, we're blowing it. We're blowing it anyway. Well, but you—I assume you've talked about the feminist issues before. When it's just That's true. We, we, we talk about that even when women aren't in the room. Because I mean, to, to be honest, it's a really prominent theme in the movie. It's hard yeah. to talk about it without talking yeah. about those themes. Exactly, and it changes the kind of film that it would have otherwise been. Yes. Um, but there is a moment um, in particular that that people seem to be polarized on, and that is when when Max finally sees the wives when he's introduced to the wives, and we're to a large extent introduced to them as a you know as a whole. Um, there's this beautiful music video shot, and they're dressed in like <laughs> slinky, you know, clothing, and it's all, uh, you know, slow mo, and they're 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 you know like, you know, it's it's like a wet t-shirt contest sure. in, in the desert, is how it's been described, and a lot of people take huge issue with that as a, as a very, uh, um, uh, dim-witted, uh, you know, uh, attempt at that, and and not at all uh, sensitive. You know, I, again, I still think it's the leftover trappings of the Hollywood formula mm -hmm. uh, in there. It's, uh, yeah, I distinctly remember that moment and, and thinking, oh, well, you know, that's very normal for an action film. I think what makes it special and what puts the sets the movie apart from other action films in which those scenes are very commonplace is that it later subverts that trope. Of these like useless pretty women that are that are mm -hmm. models, um, because in the end they hold their own very well. 
Uh, and and it's the first time we see degrees, them. We have to get yeah. them somewhere to yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. We have to see where they start. But I, yeah. I would also argue, which I, not in the Kelsey episode, but in previous episodes, I think we, I, we when we did that, that four minutes, I think we talked about mm -hmm. this. That this is a very character POV film. A lot of it's motivated by whose whose point of view we're in at the time. Mm -hmm. We're in Max's point of view there. Before he comes mm -hmm. around the edge, he's ready to fight. He has his weapon. He's ready. This guy has not been stymied or or stumped by anything in the film thus far. He's just taken on. He's fought 15 war boys. He's escaped. He's you know done all this stuff. Been in a car crash. Comes around the corner, and we see that shot. That I would argue that's Max's POV at that point. Yeah, yeah. We're in Max's POV, and it's the first thing, the only thing that would that would stop him in his tracks. And in the movie, it's the only time he gets right. stopped. Because he doesn't tracks. know she's she's carrying the women. Like he doesn't, he doesn't know that. He's not. I think he is. Yeah, so not expecting to see that. Also, if you if you track back to all the Mad Max films. You've never seen women like that. He's never seen women like that before in his life. No, this is top cream of the crop. You know, this is the thorough. I mean, you can argue that each film is is a remake, and that you know, or almost each film is a remake, and that it's you know, it's sort of a different retelling. But and 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 I go back to my the the whole idea that that I love is so beautiful is you, you get yeah he comes around the 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 truck. It's a commercial for sex, and then the first thing he asks for is water. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he doesn't even care about that. It's true. That's I mean that's the focal point of it. Even in within that shot, you know, the yeah. sexy part of it is they're pouring water. Right. All over. And the mm -hmm. sexy thing for him, it's it's almost a, a trick on the audience. It's like, oh, you thought this was about sex for him, because the shot is beautiful. You know, the water arcing mm -hmm. into the, you know, the mm -hmm. falling, you know, in slow motion into the sand. Yes. Like that's the sexy thing for him. And then the second thing he has for is bolt cutters. Like, he's got a gun he on him. He not, could take he what does he wants. Not care. Yeah. 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 And and every time I say that out loud, I believe that's what it was. I do too. I, it feels so motivated from character point of view in that scene to me. I, I'll buy that. I'll I get the that. criticism too. I mean, I get it. I get mm -hmm. it. If you if you don't examine the moment thoroughly, I get it. But if you <laughs> take a second, it really feels like it stands up to some sort of robust interpretation. Sure. The 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 problem with with any any like single moment uh, of where you could point to it as as being you know just blatant sexism is that it does matter the context does matter mm -hmm. and i think later on it is subverted that whole scene um and even mm -hmm. just immediately where where max doesn't care about the sexiness of everything right. they're not there for his enjoyment right um they're they're for our enjoyment yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. i see and that's the, the question and, is like does right. it does it ride that line between yeah. like subverting it but then they showed it so it's part of it they're doing it anyway yeah right. Or and also, we have to, we've talked about this too, but we have to understand why a Morton Joe risks his entire kingdom. We have to know what's appealing about what he's chasing. Like, we have to see what's in the briefcase before we understand why someone's taking the briefcase. So Unless this is Pulp Fiction. We? Exactly. Unless There's what? a lot of MacGuffins <laughs> Unless that you this never is Pulp Fiction. Right, right. In but then that becomes the point it. of the thing. Sure. Like, this is not the point of this. The point is we know what he's going for, we know why he's doing it, and it becomes about something else. By exposing it, we don't have to worry about it. A large part of Pulp Fiction is what's in the fucking briefcase. Right. Marcellus' soul. <laughs> right. I, so, I, so goes the When language. I was little, right. I thought it was Fabergé eggs. I was convinced. <laughs> Fuck there was, yeah. There is, Wait, no, there is no evidence to point to that, <laughs> yeah. but like that to me, what else would shine that way? What else that. would everybody be so excited about? Because I, I can think of a hundred different things yeah. that would shine. The most expensive thing <laughs> in their head was Fabergé eggs. Right. That, that's says, that says something <laughs> about you. Yeah. And I love what it says. But I'm very bird-like, I suppose. <laughs> My desire and your sense of what's what what wealth is is highly <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So so off so off feminism back onto just the movie being awesome, um, and then which can you know segue back into it if mm -hmm. it, if that happens. Yeah, naturally, probably, probably we'll get back to that. There, there are um, 
there are moments for me that that when I saw that moment, I was lock, stock, and barrel in you know in the film. Um, some of those moments, you know, happen in the trailer. Like like you said, it's such a beautifully cut trailer. When I saw when I saw that first trailer, I wanted in. Like, r- r- I didn't I didn't care. I just I, whatever was they were showing me, I wanted that. It was so weird and and beautiful. Um, and then we we talk about moments where we really key into the film. One, you know, that first time the war boy sprays his mouth and then it, you know, and and yells and, and then they all yell witness and you know he jumps on the thing. I mean, there are moments that. That as soon as you know something happens, we, we in the last episode we talked about uh, that that sort of half-hearted thumbs up that he throws outside, you know, out the window yeah. to uh, to Splendid. Um, you know, they're 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 beautiful moments that really that I that I keep going back to, and that there's are, a are, lot of yeah. really subtle character moments that happen that are. Well, oh, but I thought really this was just a, yeah. a stupid action movie and a two-hour car chase. <laughs> that's what people. That's why people tell me that uh, there's no story. And Yuri that, uh, sounds bitter. That's. I invited her on here so I could really explore this whole because because it. she's on my because she knows. Oh, yeah. yeah so, so so go ahead. So care, beautiful character. Yeah, moments. beautiful character moments that are really really subtle and there's a lot of sort of environmental storytelling like everything from the way that the uh, the compound is run uh, to just the way that the vehicles are constructed, um, the the little personalized touches that the that like the costumes have. Mm-hmm. For for instance, like. There's speculation that Furiosa's her top, the weavings of her top, mm-hmm. though they look like one of the wives's, um, you know, their their flowy oh. garments. Right. Only it's been worn and mm. weathered, and she's put armor on top of it. Cool. So there's you know speculation that she lived that life for a while. Just it's very very deep. All of the environmental storytelling. That's yeah, good. I, yeah, I had not heard. That. Have you read the comic? Uh, the, I haven't the, the, gotten to. I heard it's not that great. Well, it's you know it's it, it's let's just say it's it, you don't need it to you know unlike and I'll do it again unlike Southland Tales you don't need to have read three <laughs> volumes of a, of a comic book to then be told that that's the only way you'll understand the movie. Um, but it is an interesting exploration of some of those things, mm-hmm. and some of them I'm like, and apparently it's canon. You know, apparently oh. it was, it was what George Miller came up with, um, with uh, with Brendan, uh, uh, who did the, you know a lot of the you know the art and production design with him, ah, yes. um, that uh, that they came up that those are stories that they felt that they didn't need to explore in the film, but were worth you know mm-hmm. telling, and they're interesting. But but yeah, you, you don't. It, it does not make the film better. One thing that I really especially loved about this movie is that it drops you in in the middle of everything and it allows the audience to build the world and the stories and the characters in their own head. It doesn't hold your hand for everything. Uh, you just make inferences just from everything that it mm. gives you. And, and that's so rare in any sort of film because they, they always... Have what, what they call the rubber ducky is like, you know, they have to explain to you, you know, how everybody got to be this way, like the serial killer that had this rubber ducky right. when he was little, and, yeah. and that's why he's a serial killer. But yeah. but for all of us, they, they, you get nothing. You just are dropped into the middle of a story with these people the way you would be in real life, and you figure it out as you go along. It's, it's, it's the most effective type it's of It's like she's time. been listening to our show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you been talking about that? We love it. We, it's, 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 it's some so of our favorite. It's we come back to that again and again. Storytelling. It's efficient, smart storytelling. It's developing as you go. And when we saw George Miller talk about this, he said, 
his goal was to keep everything moving at all times. And so you fit in character development where you can. And that ethos and that, that concept going into the structure of a film, it's so mm. effective. And it certainly affected me in terms of how mm. I think about stories now. And just in terms of, you don't have to have a scene where you do your, your exposition. Get your story moving. Right. It'll work itself out. You know what I mean? And you don't have to expose it in major, major ways. Exactly. You can, I mean, it's an exercise in minimalism, a lot of this stuff. Even, yeah. oh, you know what we forgot to talk about in the last podcast with the flashbacks to the girl? When he couldn't save Splendid, he's flashed back to that girl. That's true. There's That's all true. these little things that, that are peppered throughout that you don't get explanations for. Right. But still make the experience feel but more still robust. Still inform, mm-hmm. inform the characters in the story. Yeah, and inform your viewing experience. I mean, listen, even if something hits you on a gut heart level and you don't get it, it's still effective. That's still effective storytelling. Because we understand mm-hmm. there that Max has a regret about not saving someone and now he has a woman he can't save. Right. Okay. We don't need everything spelled out Exactly. For That's right. enough. to uh, Because what we care about in that moment is Max's experience because it's his POB at that time. Mm-hmm. So now we get, okay, you're having this moment. Okay, cool. That's right. all you need to know. We don't need to know who the girl was, what her name was, why you couldn't yeah, say Yeah, exactly. It's not important. Exactly. So it's it's reductionist, minimalist storytelling in terms of what we need to know and that's it. And I and I think he does an interesting thing because um, Max has lost, you know, in the in the the, the the tale of Mad Max, you know, in that first movie, he has lost people very close to him. But guess what? Those people aren't among the people that, you know, he's flashing back to. We talk about sometimes how the, you know, each uh, iteration of Mad Max is a retelling of the same story okay. in one way or another. Um, so, you know, if you read the comic, you could draw some some inferences to uh, the the woman and the girl who he sees. But then there's the Aboriginal uh, guy, you know, who that, that's you know we're not told who that person it's is. It's just a, a really rich. It's really rich world building mm-hmm. that we're allowed to kind of make inferences about. And I really appreciate that. And yeah. it's it's true about also not even just for Max, but for Furiosa and the wives and uh, Morton Joe and that whole world there. Uh, one thing that I appreciate uh, that I didn't I didn't realize until I watched Game of Thrones was <laughs> was that we didn't really need to see anybody get raped to know that it was happening a lot. I've brought yeah. that up. And yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not uh, titillating or salacious. Or, or gratuitous not, at all. It's not yeah. surprising anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not shocking. Uh, it's, it's just it's, titillating. Yeah, it's, it's, it's inevitably gratuitous at yeah. this point. There's no nudity in this film. No. Right, which yeah. is also There's, worth saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the milk, the milkmaids, like you see their breasts, but you it's don't not see in their. A, but, but you don't. But, but their nipples are even covered by the by the tubes. In Hollywood, right. that's, how, that's how Hollywood defines nudity. These days. Right, right. That's right. So hashtag free the nipple. Hashtag anyway. free the nipple. <laughs> right. Um, and there is that one moment um, of of almost nudity um, in, the case, in, right? in the well in the um, when they're she's right. the, the, the trap. Right, right. Yeah, you know the when he when they finally find the Volvolini. But even. But yeah, but you, you don't really see anything, and even and it's then, it's necessary. it's totally justified. It's yeah. not necessary to to still be impactful. Yeah, exactly. You didn't know what's going on. Agreed. Did you total to sidebar? Are you caught up on Game of Thrones? Yeah. Don't uh, don't. Uh, don't. Yeah, no spoilers. Don't do okay. anything. Here's my problem. As a quick yeah. sidebar, I've read all the Game of Thrones books that have yeah. come out, which until two months ago was fine because they were neck and neck. Right. And now the show is pulled ahead of the books. And I couldn't even avoid the Hoder fucking memes going around. So now I know what's going. Um, well, I, well, yeah, I kind of want. It's just if you're alive, and, you're like, and so, and so that, that wasn't that wasn't something that was in the book. Not yet. It's going to be a book six. Not yet. And that's yeah, frustrating. It's going to be because well, now the books are getting spoiled by the show. Well, because I'll tell because I'll tell you what that moment, and we won't delve into it, um, but is is some was simultaneously one of the it was the the the, the highest emotional point for me in the entire series. Mm-hmm. I went fucking. Ape. I was gooey crying. Now, 
Um, and that and that's me. Okay. Um, you and and also and also <laughs> um, and I haven't up. talked to anybody about it yet because I just saw I just watched oh, it last yeah. night. Um, but it was also one of the best um, for me uh, examples of setup and payoff that um, which which is something long term that something that that I really appreciate when I watch a movie. But but go ahead with, um, without delving into it. I, I mean. I, I cry if something's a little too cute, even. Sure. Like, if I see a yeah. cute puppy. I, I, I'm very prone to crying. But for that, I really wasn't that emotionally affected, unfortunately, just because I felt it wasn't that, uh, you know, well executed, I guess. And I also call, I, I figured out what was going to happen, like, two episodes ago when you see the past no door, and I'm like, oh, right. you're getting stuff about his past, so they're going to kill him off. And then also... I, well, no. Sorry, no, no, you're no, you're fine. By now, yeah. And anyway, uh, I I just whenever they have something terrible that's gonna happen, they preface it with a genuine character mm -hmm. uh, moment of mm -hmm. of levity, mm -hmm. and, and I I feel like they should have those more often, and as opposed to just just before, before you're gonna kill someone. Yeah, just before yeah. you're gonna kill yeah. somebody. Yeah. Uh, I I don't it's know. Full of spoiler territory. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. we might have to edit that yeah. whole section out. <laughs> We don't edit. We don't. Oh. We don't edit. Well, don't worry about it. Well, that was our uh, Game of Thrones sidebar. <laughs> well, luckily this will air in four or five weeks or something. Yeah, right. So it's yeah, fine. Right. And right. they've had. By that point, fuck you if you haven't seen it yet. Statute of limitations <laughs> but I am, is up. Exactly. But I am. Yeah. I am genuinely uh, annoyed and frustrated by the fact that the show has outpaced the books because that's the first time I think in well, history but, that has happened. But is that his fault? Is that is that? No, no, no. I mean, is that George well, R. R. Martin's yes. fault? I mean, yes, yes. Yeah. It is, but yeah. how long have also, you been waiting for that last book? Forever. Yeah. So it's his fault, but but also frustrating. Just as someone who has committed to the books, and not the show, mm -hmm. I've not seen a single episode of the show, and I've yeah. read all the books. So oh. I'm in weird territory now, where I feel like I now am be, I'm going to be forced to go binge the shows to just keep abreast of plot, of, and I don't right. like to do that. I like to be able to binge the books. Didn't go see the show. This is a whole uninteresting Mad Max cycle. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I, that I was. No, I, 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 I take responsibility yeah. for that because I don't know in, in in history if that has happened where a show or a movie has been able to outpace the books on which it's based. Yeah, that's a yeah. frustrating thing. I'm furious right now. You, you're right. Which brings us back you are to Fury Imperator Road. <laughs> Furious. Good segue. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys, for bringing it back. Nice way to bring it back. Thanks. Way to okay. bring it back. Anyway. Sorry if we spoiled anything for you. Yeah, yeah you're not I, sorry. You're, kind of, you're both fucking apologize. smiling. For the listener, both of them are smiling like goddamn bitches. Well, because well, because, because I'm the kind of person who, like, I don't care if I get spoiled because I'm going to watch it anyway. Yeah. And, I'm gonna, I'm, and if I'm going to like it, I'm going to like it. And if it has nothing but to do with it. But you can me. remove emotional resonance because right. part of emotion is surprise. Gooey McGee. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I don't gooey. care personally, especially for Game of Thrones as much, but I do care that people are just coming out and saying it within 24 hours. Yeah, settle down, Except because I, I have friends that get spoiled and, and really don't like spoilers, and it's kind of inconsiderate. Like, if you're in person, like, if, if somebody says, oh, well, I haven't seen that, then you'll be polite and kind of lower your voice and talk to the other person You know person what I will do? Yeah. I will, I will make line? a concession, yeah. and if I remember, I will put in the notes for this episode... Oh. I will say contains Game of, Game of Thrones spoilers. And confuse everyone. And they'll be like, wait, what am I listening to and what podcast is this? Uh, anyway, okay. I think it was actually after this movie that I started to be able to less justify the, the kind of things that I saw in Game of Thrones, actually, mm -hmm. just because they, they did everything so tastefully and well mm -hmm. and everything was still really emotionally resonant without 
be trying to bring in ratings. Yeah, right. it's a great, great, great point. I, I, I think it's a kind of a masterclass in a lot of things, but one of those specifically is minimalist storytelling, which strips away a lot of the sensationalism. And you still yeah. get the badass yeah. explosions yes. and the chase sequences. Yes. Oh, there's that in space. You get lots of that. Yeah. And you it's... see beautiful men and women. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. the war boys are cut, y'all. They yeah. ripped up. Yeah. Nick Am I right? Holt right. Is Nick Holt is. Can we go, can we go into how, so how cute sweet. that guy is? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> You know, he's, he's so the heart sweet. of the film. He, he did a, uh, um, this is only mildly walk, walking off topic. He did a, a dub, did you see the dub smash thing he did for, for X-Men? No. I'll play it for you afterwards. Oh God, really Dude, Nicholas Holt dub smash, and because um, he, he plays Beast in yep. the uh, mm-hmm. X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, he got the cast together to do this great uh, moment that, actually, it's the first thing that's made me want to see that film. Was seeing him do the dub smash thing. Oh, and I don't know what to make of that comment. That the uh, first thing it made you want to see X Men is a dub smash. Is it, is it, yeah. Oh, the trailers haven't been very good to be I honest. Know, but, anyway, anyway, back so to it. Nicholas me, Holt. Wait, let me yeah. go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> unless, you, unless you want to tie. I just want to say well, I want to tie off the the, the okay. trailer thread. Okay. Because okay. yes. we're talking yes. about trailers. I never saw the Mad Max trailer. Oh, really? I want so to say what did you think going in? Have you seen it since? No. I'd like. To, I'd love to show you the trailer. Yeah, we we'll should point. definitely do that. But yeah. to wrap off the trailer, be I never saw and still I believe haven't seen the Mad Max Fury Road trailer. I just went because Yuri's like, "Come see this thing with me. It's great." I was like, "Great." So I I got sucked into the world, uh, having not so. seen Mad Max, Mad Max Fury Road. I'm mean, sorry, Mad Max Road Warrior or Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, Fury Road was my first so this experience. Was your, first yeah, Mad Max film. Coming in real blind. Coming in real. Which blind. Which is why we had to start the so, podcast with our first three episodes are covering the first three films. Great. Well, so what did you think of the first three films after being introduced in this sensational way? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's kind of like backtracking a little bit. I thought Road Warrior <laughs> yeah. was great. I thought Mad Max is pretty pretty cool. It's cool to see, it's cool to see source material of oh, a lot yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah. I recognize. I'm like, oh, that's where some of those tropes came from. I get it. Um, and I thought Beyond Thunderdome was comically terrible. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's my summary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I want Fair to enough. close off that thread. Good. So, Nicholas Holt. Nick Holt. Uh, is, <laughs> what can he not do? He's he's so good. Succeed he brings in the film. so <laughs> right, <yeah>. much <laughs> pathos to that character. Um, that war boy is, is possibly one of my favorite characters in in the film. It's just this amazing arc. But but furthermore, I also wanted to talk about how I feel that the feminism in the film uh, affects the men. Yes, yes, you mentioned uh, because that. Because yes, it, it shows how, how the sort of toxic masculinity as represented by Immortan Joe and, and his higher-ups um, really impacts the, the rest of, of the men that are still uh, war boys because, you know, he obviously he has personality he has he has his little tumors that he's named and he's adorable and wonderful and 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 you know wants to do more and wants to make more of his life but he is is sort of pounded into this mold and told that this is what it is to be a man this is what it is to to make it in our society is to sacrifice your life and and do these things and he's all, that's that's not him and i feel that that's the way that uh, toxic masculinity affects uh, men in real life. They feel like they can't be certain things or do certain things, and that's not fair to them. So, I'm, I mean, quote-unquote, the patriarchy also affects men as much as it does women. I love that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, I went to, I mean, Agreed. there's a big rise in this. In early 2000, Susan Faludi wrote a book called Stift, um, and obviously Bell Hooks and those guys were sort of writing a lot of, a lot of that material about the, the male mm-hmm. side mm-hmm. of... Mm-hmm toxic masculinity. I think it's a really great point we haven't talked about yet, but you see that. I mean, Nux is a beautifully emotional character who I think has not had the chance to express those emotions because he's not in an environment where that is acceptable 
to do so. And the fact that he's thrived in that environment is kind of miraculous because there's sure. a moment where he has to confront Slit, who's a bigger, stronger guy. Yeah. Um, and he wins. He's tougher somehow. <laughs> like Nux is tougher than that guy and like backs him down. And that's not his. That's not his vibe. That's not his. His his character truth. Yeah, that's not who he is. That's not and who, that's he, who is. he wants. Not who he wants to. He's been be. told to be that guy, and right. and having that character, you're so right, man. Having a, a character embrace, get exposed to feminism and femininity, um, and learn certain things are okay, or even prized. Yes. Um, that he's been repressing is a is a beautiful moment for him. Well, he he is nothing if not, and we've talked about it before, exuberant. And like yeah. happy, like nothing, like every, he's always got a smile on his face. He's excited about fucking everything. I know. And unfortunately, you know, the the world that he's been brought up into, he, his his excitement gets channeled into that. Mm -hmm. But as soon as he gets an opportunity, you know, as soon as that that is broken, he channels it into you know something. Compassion. You know, as as opposed to destruction, yes. he channels it into compassion. He could have been a great pianist or, or a violinist in a different world. Yeah, he'd, he'd he'd a different so world. good at that. Or a, a club kid. Oh, possibly. Right. So we've talked his about his pants. pants. We've so talked about his pants in so many Oh, ways. right, with the straps yeah. and such. Yeah. Really strange. Yeah, there, there's so many other ways that he, he could have uh, been better and, and reached his potential if he hadn't been sort of confined to, to this really toxic society. And and so that's, I think, another way that it is subversive in that, because there are a lot of times where films or, or media will say, like, look how bad, uh, you know, patriarchy is for women, and that is absolutely 100% true. But this one also shows how harmful it is for men, and I think that's extremely valuable in, in an action film. That is that is a great point. And, and, and the story supports his journey in that, as we see him trying to ascend the heights with his exuberance right. of what he thinks is right, he keeps failing. He tries to, you know, stop Furiosa, fails. He tries to, you know, get up on the thing, he drops the gun. He tries to, you know, Max throws him off the, th you know, yeah. the, the women throw him out of the truck. He keeps failing when he's trying to do that. And once he's turned, mm -hmm. you know, and seen, you know, a different side, then when he commits to that, it's the most beautiful expression of sacrifice and, and, and love. And he succeeds. He finally gets what he wants throughout the whole film, which is to achieve that beautiful death. Right, yeah. And he finally gets it because he's doing the right thing. Yeah. And, I, and I'm saying that because I believe it's the right thing. You know, a lot of people would say, well, but it's not the right thing. But, yeah. you know, that's... For him, it's the right thing. That's all that matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, for that character, he it is. He finds his happiness. Right, yeah. it is the right thing. The important you know, thing is. By, by human touch, compassion, things he hasn't had before. This, this, this part of the conversation reminds me of Fight Club a lot because I think a lot of mm. fanboys of Fight Club revel in the, the fighting and the masculinity and mm -hmm. the Tyler Durden-ness of the whole thing. And a lot of right. guys who like... Free Road revel in. We are in a nation the, of men raised by women. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's this, they, they revel in the, what I think are certainly parts to revel in. But Fight Club is about how fucked up it is to be a dude. It's about yeah. a guy yeah. who cannot be the two things at the same time that society tells him to be, which is submissive and a worker bee and provide on one hand. On the other hand, it's you gotta fight and you gotta fuck and you gotta, you gotta blow shit up. Yeah. And he can't, he can't do them both. It's impossible to be it, both those things. And so he splits himself in two. And that, that, that movie is about how fucked up it is to be a dude. And Mad Max Free Road also as you're pointing out, is how it's fucked up to be a dude sometimes. It's, mm -hmm. it's true. There are layers to it that a lot of people don't get, and a lot of people deride Fight Club for being mm -hmm. just about, like, you know, being manly men and fighting because it's got the word fight in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. But, yeah, it <laughs> really club. is about how... Uh, how, how harmful it is for society for, fucked dudes is yeah. what that movie's about, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's also a class thing, which which I appreciate. Sure. Um, 
But yeah, that's one thing that really struck me about Mad Max Fury Road in, in that it, it just has really subversive messages that you could completely miss, but they're still there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you'll get them. And yeah, and I think you can appreciate it on, on different levels. And it's something that brings you back with the action and the explosions and things might start <laughs> to sink in, you know, over time. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the definition. Or you never see it and you still just love it as an action film, which, which is, is cool. I mean, that's, that's good books or good movies, which is you don't have to get any of that shit to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. right. And then if you watch maybe a second watch, you can get more and more and more. And it hits you at every level you want to meet it at it. If you want to meet the movie at a certain level, it'll meet you there. Yes. And certain yeah. good books do the same thing. If you want to meet it at a very academic level and just analyze it, it'll, it'll reward you for that. It holds up to that yeah. sort of analysis. Um, or if you like fire and dudes with no shirts on, that's cool. Because mm -hmm. it, right. it, it'll meet you there. It'll meet you on that level. Right. And, and I've talked about that, that on this podcast, that I, I could have seen the movie and loved it, and we just never did a podcast about it. Yeah. But, but doing a podcast and talking to different people about it and going over it you know, bit by bit... I have started to find a vocabulary and started to learn why mm -hmm. I enjoy this so much yeah. and why it affected me so deeply. It's fun to know yourself, isn't it? it I don't really know about that. Is. We're learning Let's about not go too well, far. That's gooey. what, Listen, that's gooey. what I, I, Listen, gooey. I don't know who said it, but it's something, something about like how um, you, you love a, a, a thing, like a, like a piece of media, not because... Uh, you know, what you know about it, but what it knows about you. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, shit, that's yeah. smart. That is really good. I always think, too, that the people I enjoy spending time with um, are people, when I leave the interaction, I feel like the most like myself. I don't feel necessarily yeah. good about myself or, or whatever, necessarily. I just feel like yeah. myself. Like, oh, I was myself with that person. Whatever right. that amorphous yeah. thing is. When I leave those people, I'm like, that's mm -hmm. a good person for me because they brought out things that I think are me, not... Mm -hmm. Not caricatures or, or things I'm putting on. It's like, oh, that's mm -hmm. me. Cool. Right. And good, I think good movies do the same thing, where you're like, oh, you know what? That is like me. Yeah. yeah. And this movie was right. definitely like me. Oh, and you're like that oh. movie. Yeah. I, 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 Except I, for the I, fact I, that you can't fight or fix cars. Right. <laughs> I, 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 that, that was when I shaved my head into a mohawk. It was right before this film came out. And... And I made up all these excuses about how, oh, I was doing it for the play that I was in. Oh, I've, always, <laughs> I've always wanted to do this, but I think it boiled down to I just wanted to show up. I was so excited for this movie that I wanted to show up with the fucking mohawk. That's really cool. Right. Right. And I, you know, I miss it. I, I had it for a while, and it was great, but it was it was hard to maintain. Should we do it right now? Should we just shave your head? Should, you know what? Maybe on you the know? last maybe on the yes. last episode. Yes. Okay. We'll uh, we'll do a live stream like a Periscope. Me. Uh, your hair me, grows so fast. It's not it's not yeah. that much of a risk for you. I feel right. like. Yeah. 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 You can do. Oh, you should definitely do that. And then, of course, you have to do the chrome. Yeah, we have to. Oh, yeah. We'll do that chrome. with you. We should have our, our final episode. We should have all of our guests back. <laughs> oh, we my should God. all shave our heads. Well, we should, all, we should all meet at Wasteland Weekend, which is we talked about doing a broadcast live oh from gosh. Wasteland Weekend. I've always wanted to go. It always I've falls never been. in a time, at a time yeah, of a weird the time. year where I'm, where I'm busy. We but can't go this I've year either. Yeah. We're super bummed about it because yeah. we were talked about going and. And yeah, it falls in a, in a funny place for us too. Yeah. We'll do our own Wasteland Weekend. We'll invite all the guests back. We'll do Wasteland Weekend in my backyard. We'll have a nice barbecue oh my with maybe some God. And it'll be like Wasteland two hours instead of Wasteland Weekend. Yes. Yeah, and not Wasteland as much as like sort of mildly uncomfortable weekend. Or right. land. <laughs> right. Mildly uncomfortable land. We don't have to and go out to the desert. And then we all go home and take showers. That's right, exactly. yeah. We'll have a little bit of dust maybe, uh, but definitely some refreshments. Sprinkle some, some yeah. chips and, and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and sodas and things. Right, propane. 
Maybe propane. Well, that'll be pleasant. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Good. That sounds good. Um, let me ask you a question. Um, we're getting close to time. Jeez. Are we already? Yeah. So I have other questions for you. Um, are there things you didn't like about the film? Are there things that, that was, I was going to ask that. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh. Uh, there yeah, was... are there things that when you watch it, you're like, I love this film, but... <laughs> yeah. uh, there was one moment. It's it's the moment that I can tell that they try, that they wanted to show a lot of it in 3D, which is uh, when there's the, the spectacular wreck and the... Uh, the steering wheel. Yeah, uh, yeah, and the steering wheel and, and then the the, uh, the guitarist. Uh -huh. God, what's his name? The Doof Warrior. The Doof Warrior! <laughs> so the Doof Warrior, like, uh, just uh, bungees out, like, obviously yeah. in your face. <laughs> yeah. And that was, that was one of the few moments where you could tell everything was uh, computer graphics. Yeah. yeah, and for 3D. Because other than that, it's just a, a masterpiece of com compositing. Yeah. That, that's what's most spectacular about the film is not just that it had so many physical effects because it did but at the same time there were so many special effects that were predicated on making it look realistic and grounded yeah, yeah. that movie has weight to it for and, sure. and all like, the yeah, and the, spe and the yeah. special effects are not to show you some huge affected thing they're to blend all the the, the natural elements exactly. together exactly it's yeah. just a masterpiece which is of i think you know the mm -hmm. first reason that but you should do that except for that one moment where the doof warrior and the wheel pop out at you when I we know. get to it we have to talk about we have to point that out in our 4 minute oh we will right. oh, oh. <laughs> without a doubt that's yeah. that's the last episode Oh, That'll yeah. be the last episode, Ooh. probably. Ooh. I forget because because I factored time. I factored time into the credits. I mean, I factored the credits into okay. the two hours that that this film is. Yeah. So that may be the episode before the last episode because you got to have four minutes of credits. Probably this film. At least. Probably has. At yeah. least. We'll just talk through that after we watch the credits. Talk about any funny names we right. see. Yeah. We could talk about uh, the way we feel about the world that day. Right. Talk about the new new, new President Trump. That'll be fun at that oh, point. Wow. wow. <laughs> Gurk. Gurk. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of toxic masculinity. Oh, right. God, I know. God. Just wrapping it up there. Did, so, you, so you've seen it in both 3D and 2D. I have, I have, yeah. And what, what, were, your, what were your feelings of the 2D versus 3D um, experience? I'm never a huge fan of 3D. I don't feel like it adds enough immersion to make up for having to wear glasses sure. and sometimes getting a headache. Right. And the loss of light. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's my big uh, the, the, the color in this movie is spectacular. Yeah. I missed that yeah. for 3D. Uh, hopefully one day we'll get 3D that, that will take that into account in like true 3D. Um, so, so I much preferred it in 2D. Um, well, I will say that the, you know, I saw it first in 2D and then in 3D right after. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, it was for Liam's birthday. We went to oh, Grauman's so Chinese Theater, um, which if you're going to see something in 3D, go see it there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they have a, this super bright projector, and there was almost no loss of light. So oh, it was, no you kidding. got the 3D, but you, you there was no loss of color. The area is sponsored oh. by Grauman's Chinese Theater. We brought this up on every episode we've had so far. <laughs> Um, yeah. But I will well, that's go on. But I will and have gone on record as as saying that the three doesn't add anything to the film. Yeah, I I think. And have so. since I saw it once in three D because it was the only option with a friend of mine, and it was in one of those fancy iPick theaters, and I'm like, this is gonna be awesome. A, the three D there was terrible and it was dark, and B, this is not the kind of movie that you want to be all relaxed in a barca lounger for, because because I'm fucking on the edge, like I'm not even using the edge of my seat, you, you know? know? I'm, he's doing I, squats. I I'm really squatting in front of the seat, ready to jump it. into the screen. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I, uh, I was hoping to see it in the what is it, the Rumble? The oh, Rumble, Rumble. Oh, 4D. Uh, That's the only movie that I've ever been interested in maybe going to see it in 4D. Yeah, yeah. 
with the rumble seats. I, you, they I will down. say, if you can't see it in 4D, the closest thing is seeing it with Yuri next to you. Because he's, <laughs> he's vibrate enough and he like breathes heavy and he, he kind of talks to himself sometimes and he'll cheer occasionally. Loudly, so it's like a 4D experience. You feel like you're there with somebody who's really like motivating the experience. Well, we should we should get together like a, uh, a Rocky Horror style screening. Okay, just you shout know, back to it with, with just a bunch of war boys Prom and girls. Absolutely, absolutely. And full, full on cosplay. And of yeah. course the uh, the the chrome spray for whenever they well, spray when they spray we spray. Uh -huh. Well, uh -huh. you know we get we get a we hopefully. We'll get a re-release if they if they do the monochrome version. If they do the black, <gasps> if they release the black and white version in theaters, Gosh. we could all show up. I would. I mean, I would go. I That's would a field trip. You know, I'll dress trip. in black and white for that and just paint, paint my face black and white. We all we all go monochrome. That'd be so fun. Right. Yeah. Really get into it. Just oh, get into that. it, just you get guys. Let's it. get be, be part of the experience <laughs> in our wasteland. Two hours. Right. Uh, okay, I think we're we're at time here. This has Aww. been great. You're super super. Uh, yeah, I, I knew this was I knew this was gonna work out, Erica. Is, is there is there anything you wanna? I mean, you've got shows. You've got at least one show on Geek and Sundry, if not, you know, if you don't host more shows than that, that I'm unaware of. Right. But talk about talk about where people can find you online. Uh huh. Um, anything you might want to promote? Okay, so my Twitter is at Samurai Erica S A M U R A I E R I K A. It's a Kurosawa thing, uh -huh. not as much an anime thing. Uh, <laughs> And I am on Geek and Sundry on Wednesdays and Fridays from 4 to like 10 p.m. Uh, we, uh, we have a show where we talk about movies, one where we talk about and interview uh, game developers, uh, one where we play hero clicks, and one where we just party. Uh, <laughs> on my own channel, I'm, I'm there Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sundays. Uh, and I, I do I do lots of stuff on the internet know, right I now. Know. So uh, yeah, just keep keep up to date with me on, on my Twitter. Twitter or my Instagram, which is also at Samurai Erica. Great. I'm gonna follow you on Instagram. I'm gonna do it. Right. Do it. Do Probably it. Twitter. I'm not as good at Twitter, so I'll do, do it. it. Oh, yeah. I'll do that. I'm, yeah, I'll I'm, follow you back. I'm Guys, better. we're gonna be friends here. <laughs> Guys, follow Samurai Erica at Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Follow, follow us all. Follow us <laughs> yeah. all. We don't have an Instagram account, but. We have a Twitter account that I that I occasionally check in on for this show. At you are awaited. At you are awaited. Nice. Well, that being said, uh, my name is Travis Intel. My name is Yuri Lowenthal. My name is Erica Ishii. And you are awaited. Oh,